0: Hi, this is Brave Men. I'm Paul Lewis Cole. It's great to have you here. You're going to meet and hear from Dr. Robert Berger today. He's a friend who's been on a couple times on Brave Men, but today it's about Jesus. Well, it's always about Jesus on Brave Men, but the bottom line is we asked a couple of friends uh, to speak on Jesus, who who he is to them, who he was when he was on the earth, aspects of him that we haven't thought of or looked at. And so we've got a number of friends who looked at it from different angles and looked at the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is, uh, this is an amazing man. He's one of my heroes. He went to, uh, with his wife and two little kids, went to the Amazon jungle uh, 40 years ago. And then uh, after, out of that, began to reach people in the streets of Lima, Peru. And then from there, planted a church called Camino de Vida. Now one of the more significant churches in all of Latin America. And he speaks into the lives of pastors and leaders, and he's going to speak into our life today. This is going to be truth. And, and if you've got a chance, if you've got the, the ability, you might be working out or in the car, but if you have the ability to write some things down, uh, he's got some amazing content in this. Remember, for all the tools you need to disciple men and for the, the uh, fulfillment of your own dreams and desires in your life, go to cmn.men, Christian Men's Network.men. Books like Communication, Sex, and Money, uh, things like Strong Men in Tough Times, also on Audible.com and other audiobook places, there's the audiobooks that are available to you, read by the author's son or the author himself. And uh, so it should be a a great thing to listen to. Hey, uh, here's Dr. Robert Berger today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm with Pastor Robert Berger, who's a pastor community de Vita in uh, Lima, Peru, and uh, dear, dear friend. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? Th- there's yeah. a book called that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the last book of the Bible.
0: Yeah, we usually call it the Revelations. I think when I took uh, like biblical survey. In Bible college, not that I remember much of it, but I, it seems to me what they did is they they uh, covered the whole Bible and then said, "Oh, and then the Revelate this part, Revelations, as we called it. <laughs> it's it's over here. That's a separate class." And, <laughs> and uh, we often think of it. I mean, really, we read our Bibles, we go through <clears throat> stuff, we get to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, and uh, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, I'll come back to that." And um, I just want to read something Brian Simmons said. Brian Simmons, is uh, he uh, translated the Passion Translation. And he said this, this is not a drama of Satan's worst, because it's kind of how a lot of us think about it. It's like the pouring out of the cup of wrath or the, the beast or the whore of Babylon. I mean, that was a good one I remember in the 60s that came up a lot. Yeah. And uh, this is not a drama of Satan's worst, but a supernatural drama of God's best pouring through his beautiful son, Jesus Christ. And um, so, Robert Berger, Lima, Peru, Camino de Vida, you are considered um, basically an expert specialist, whatever you want to call it, on the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Tell me, where would that come from? And and do you agree with Brian, or is it? You know, I read one person, a very well-known person who said, this is the picture of how God's going to basically nail you if you're not a good person. <laughs> no,
1: you know? um, absolutely. I agree with that statement. Um, it's interesting. I, I got into the book of Revelation probably 45 years ago
0: wow.
1: or longer. Uh, I went through Bible college in San Diego. And our pastor began to teach. or His passion was end times, the book of Revelation. And he taught the Revelation class in the Bible college. And his take on it was different from what we'd heard in those days. You know, back in the 70s, it was the late great planet Earth, thief in the night, oh. a lot of these things. And he had a different take. So his take was at first confusing to me. But when I graduated Bible college, I began to teach in the Bible college, and he gave me the book of Revelation to teach. So I figured this is 45, 48 years ago. I figured I better really get my own conviction on this. Yeah. Um, and from there, it began just developing. It's Right now, it's uh, my favorite book in the Bible. Wow. And it's interesting because how you said that, And I'll give you a few reasons why real quick. But when you said the revelations, if anybody was in my class, I've taught this in Bible school, literally physical classes for over 30 years. And if anybody said revelations, they immediately flunked the class. (laughs) It's not revelations. It is one revelation. Wow. And it's not uh, a revelation of the end times. It's a revelation of Jesus. It includes the end times. So I say it this way. There's 66 books in the Bible. 65 of these books are written from earth looking to heaven where God mysteriously moves. There's only one book written from heaven looking to earth where we see the church literally as Jesus sees it. Wow. And in this book, it's the book where we see um, that we really are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, mm. when you understand the purpose of the book. So, uh, Revelation, uh, and, you know, we just passed the holiday Easter, the great resurrection celebration.
0: Yeah, we're in the Easter season, which is why we're spending a lot of time talking about Jesus between Easter and in uh, Pentecost Sunday uh, here with Christian Men's Network. And that's, yeah. that's the emphasis here is is the Easter season isn't just, you know, like we did a day. Yeah. It's, it's every day. And this Easter season is a highlight basically of the church.
1: Exactly. And everything about the book of Revelation is Easter. Mm. Wow. It, G, it, uh, we're seeing Jesus not as he was, but as he is. Mm. So everything about this book, um, if we go to the the very first chapter, verse in chapter one explains it. Yeah. Where it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not a revelation of the end times. It includes the end times. Okay. And the key is the word revelation, which comes from two Greek words, apo, which means take away or okay. removal, and lyptico, which means veil. It's the word we get apocalyptic. It's wow. interesting how we get the word apocalyptic today, and we may turn it into some end times beast, and you well, know, we of it the
0: apocalypse. And then you know, our friend Tim LaHaye wrote, right. you know, the Left Behind series. Yeah with Jerry Jensen and, and you know, that thing. And I, I remember growing up uh back in 60s, 70s, the chick tracks. Yeah. You know, where you're, you're done, man. And six, 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 and it's going to be stamped on your forehead. And most, <laughs> basically now what's funny about some of that stuff is it, it you know, uh in one sense, maybe it was good because it scared the hell out of us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but. But man, it was like so a lot of those prophecies were like uh, by the year uh, nineteen ninety nine or by the year two thousand one. Here we are, twenty twenty one, and um, and we're living in some of these things. So go ahead. So the apocalypse. I mean, for a lot of us, it that word is like, man, that's scary, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting how it's taken on that connotation of the beast of Uh, that great end war uh, at the end of the age. But the word apocalypse, the literal translation is the unveiling. Wow. So when you think of what it starts out with 1-1, it's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Wow. It's not um, the unveiling of end times or the unveiling of the beast or the unveiling of the last seven years of church history. Uh, at the end of the age, it's the unveiling of Jesus.
0: Well, that's so, what Brian Simmons says, who translated the Passion. Uh, yeah. He said his opening line, and that's why this is a great, so thank you for helping me, because it says, This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, is how he did it in the Passion. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, the NIV says a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, which must soon take place.
1: Well, in a sense, that yeah. could be true. One of the other things I would say is, who is the author of the book of Revelation? Wow. It's not John. No, right. It's
0: Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, because John said, and this is, to to me, this is the credit to the credit of the Apostle John, who they couldn't kill, and and historically we're told that he was put in a vat of oil Mm -hmm. or oil and oil and, and he came out with baby skin they couldn't kill him so they stuck him on an island right mm-hmm. off the coast patmos under roman guard and said well good got rid of him because all the other disciples were dead and they put him on an island and they go good and we'll never hear from him again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the beauty of the first chapter for me in a human sense with John as it says on the Lord's day, as I was worshiping, and here's a guy under great duress, stress Roman guards in probably not in a good situation in terms of his living conditions, his room, all his friends are dead. And what did he do? He kept showing up on the Lord's day. Yeah. John just kept And, and to me, it's such a picture of who we need to be no matter what we just keep showing up. And then the Lord showed up, Right. And then uh, it says, he said, write this down. And for me, it was kind of like this. For John, his story wasn't over until God wrote it. And so God always writes the last chapter.
1: Yeah. Well, if you remember when Peter and John were fishing in Galilee after the crucifixion, and Jesus showed up cooking them breakfast on the beach. Yeah, yeah. And when Peter, you know, dove in the water, swam to Jesus and was forgiven with, do you love me? You know, I love you. Yes. Feed my sheep. Well, when God gave Peter that prophecy that said, when you were young, you went where you wished. But when you're old, you will be taken. And it said this, Jesus spoke of the death Peter would suffer. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter's immediate reaction was, what about him? Looking at John. Yeah. You just think I'm going to die for you. What about him? And Jesus said, what is it to you if he remains till I come? Wow. So he when he was boiled in oil, there was one more book that needed to be written. Wow. So what is it to you that he remains till I come? He couldn't die because there was more purpose in his life. He had to write this revelation. Come on, man. And it's the revelation, come on, like I said, of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, And just let's take a step back from, you know, being in the Lord's day and hearing that voice behind him. Um, Most people, when they think of Jesus, and I tell this to the class a lot or people, if you close your eyes and think of Jesus, what do you see? And most people see Jesus as a 30 year old man, 33 year old man at the Sea of Galilee with children, with a lamb or at the cross, that is how he was. See, the book of Revelation says that he was the lamb. Jesus is no longer the lamb. Today he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow. So it's the lamb that today is the king. He, he came as a servant, now he's king of kings and Lord of lords. So we think of him as he was. And that was John. The last time John saw Jesus physically was at the Mount of Olives when he was taken up uh, and then a cloud hid him, as it were. That was the last time John saw him.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: That was it until Revelation 1-1, where uh, the Bible says in the Lord's Day on Sunday— he was in the spirit. He was in a place of worship, probably in a cave. Mm-hmm. He's a very old man, uh, you know, in his 90s, probably. And all of a sudden he hears a voice behind him. Wow. And I love this because the Bible says he turned to see the voice that spoke with him that sounded like a trumpet with many, uh, many waters. And when he turned to see, the first thing he saw was the golden candlestick. Mm. And then he said, in between the branches of the candlestick, one as the Son of Man. Now, one, uh, Revelation one twenty says the candlestick are the seven churches.
0: Wow.
1: And the image that that gives is we have the church, which is a candlestick. A candlestick is the light of the world. The church is the light of the world. Uh, where we shine through you know the church um, the the next two chapters, two and three show some churches shine brighter than others, some the light is dim, some a couple of the light went out uh but in that letting the light shine, Jesus was walking in the midst of the church. Wow, so when he sees Jesus, he didn't see the Jesus he remembered brown hair thirty to thirty three He saw his eyes were like fire, hair white as wool. Uh, Literally, he was, uh, I'm thinking in Spanish, but uh, there was a light that came out from him. Um, His feet were, you know, bronzed as though they'd been in a furnace. So what he saw, and this is where it gets kind of fun uh, to dig it deeper into this. He saw the resurrected Christ.
0: As he is versus who, what he was.
1: He came as a servant. Today, he's the king of kings. The lion.
0: Now, if- let me hit something, uh, just a little sidebar in here. And we're on uh, Facebook Live with Dr. Robert Berger. And uh, many of you will be listening to this on a podcast, seeing it on uh, Achieve Lab, which is part of the Christian Men's Network, cmn.men, a website and a collection of over 400 of videos of some of the key teachers in the entire world, like Dr. Barriger and, and others. But uh, this just a little background for, for some of our friends who may not know your background. You're out of California, uh, Santa Monica, old Santa Monica surfer, right? Mm-hmm. Pacific Ocean Park. And uh, got radically saved. As a as a teen surfer, you were you late teens at that time, right? Yes. And uh and then went to a and then you asked somebody what's the next thing you do? Well, I think you go to Bible college. So you went to Bible college in yeah. San Diego. <laughs> hey, what do you do first? Well, you go to church, then you go to Bible college. What do you do next? You go do something difficult. So uh you move, you and your wife were both children born when you moved. I
1: Yeah, kids. uh, Jenna, my daughter was a year old. Taylor was two and a half years old. Okay.
0: And uh, you and your wife Karen and two little children moved to Peru, uh, to the Amazon. Basically, you went—I mean, moved to Lima, and then you went into the Amazon. Now, the little, the other little sidebar, sidebar to the sidebar is that you did know that they had waves in
1: Peru. Actually, I found that out when I came here. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's in the world.
0: You have up north, you have the longest left in the world, don't you?
1: The longest rideable wave in the world. Yeah. You can yeah, ride one so. wave for two miles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you got to have people pick you up and drive you back to the start.
1: Or take 45 minutes to walk back up the beach. <laughs> or, or walk back.
0: Or like me... It'd be about a two-minute walk after I got wiped out. So uh, so, you, so you move there. You go to the Amazon. You're in the Amazon for about a half-dozen years or so. You're helping people through some dramatic experiences, which we've written in some books you've talked about. Um, you end up starting a church with a bunch of young people. The church has grown, and today it's uh, Camino De Vida, one of the most significant churches in all of Latin America. And, uh, and you are also now Peruvian, you and your wife, <laughs> right? And well, if
1: we are what we eat, then we are, but we're still American citizens. Oh, yeah. We're here on a religious visa. Religious visa. Okay, that's it.
0: And so, but the thing is, is that, uh, you know, this is an amazing deal. And here you guys, you've been locked down for how long, Robert?
1: Uh, right now, 13 months. Thirteen months.
0: Mm-hmm. In that thirteen months, in in this nation of Peru, uh, where a lot of people are at the poverty level and whatever, uh, your church has done amazing outreaches because I watch it on uh, Facebook and and so forth. You've done servolution all over the nation, help people that were hurting, and and uh, and had to go online with church for now thirteen months. And in the midst of all that, you've had people accepting christ on a weekly basis
1: yeah we um one of the stories that i love to hear is we have had people now that have given their life to christ online they went through our new believers class online and now they went to uh one of our small groups online and now they lead small groups online in fact they're virtual natives. They've never stepped foot in the church, but wow. they're a bit as much of an active member of our church through the online. So,
0: so they've been discipled online in small, that are leading small groups, and your small groups have actually uh, increased. Yeah. Don't yeah, we, we more up? than doubled
1: the small groups. Um <laughs> Now, it's, when we talked,
0: that you know, that's you know, if you had four groups and went to seven or eight, that'd be amazing. But you had hundreds of small groups, and they've gone into over a thousand, almost two thousand now.
1: Yeah, we had right around seven hundred and fifty small groups, and now we're, you know, fifteen hundred plus yeah. small groups. Yeah. Um, it's just keeping people connected, and we love the I. You know, the church is flourish, like you said. Um, Peru is one of the hardest hit nations with COVID. Where yes. as we're doing this podcast, we're still we just came out of a our like third lockdown. Um, we're probably the last month and a half have had the hardest month and a half our church has had. Yeah. We've had three or four members of our church that have died every week.
0: Oh, Jesus,
1: members of our church. Um, so it's not been an easy time mm. during this, this time of this pandemic for us. And because of the poverty in this nation, we began to figure out, well, how can we help people? So we started figuring out ways to get food to people that needed food. And in the year 2020, from March 16th to the end of the year, we served over 230,000 people. Goodness. Um, and this was just one church, and this year already, uh, in the first three months of this year, we've served like 55,000 people. It's the need is there. We find an itch and scratch it, so.
0: Well, I thank God for you and Camino de Vida, and uh, people that are watching, you can give to this. Go to, is it com
1: In English, lifemissions.com.
0: LifeMissions.com, and we can give there. You can give financially there, and help uh, feed the nation of Peru. You've got some other great churches in the city. I've met a number of the pastors who are friends of yours. You, you men all, and ladies, men and women, you all work together, and it's an amazing thing to see because you arrived at a nation that was in the middle of, um, it it was full of terrorism, uh, almost a civil war sort of setting. And now uh, things are all moving, you know, even with the pandemic, people are being saved, things being changed, lives being changed. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. So, and now let's get, so I just wanted to give everybody a little background on that. And uh, so in that sense, we see where this is coming from. So when we talk about, let's go back into talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is about Jesus. And sometimes we think I mean this is maybe maybe it's an American thing, you know. It's kind of like we feel like Jesus showed up on Christmas.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he like he wasn't there somehow in the first covenant. Like he was there somewhere. <laughs> but but what you find in the revelation is an explanation that he was there for everything, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Um The word revelation is the key, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation is a revealing, not a a hiding. Yeah. So this doesn't hide until the end of the age, the symbolism. It reveals. Verse 3 of chapter 1 says, Blessed is he who reads the words of this book. That doesn't mean only in the last seven years of church history or just before the Great Tribulation. That means anybody from John to Polycarp, his disciple, to all the great uh, leaders in church history, the Bible says, blessed are they that read. And the reason you're blessed if you read this is, once again, it shows us, not as we see us, but as Christ sees us, it's the view from heaven, Hmm. looking down to the church. And it shows us we are more than conquerors. And it shows Jesus, yeah. not as he was, but as he is. So when you see him as he is, and just back up and get into theology for a minute. Bear with me for a minute on this. Oh, I love it. When um, when Jesus came and became a man, the Bible literally says Philippi- Philippians. Philippians is something in Spanish again. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, It says he unclothed himself of divinity and clothed himself in the flesh of a man. Wow. So Jesus never did any miracles as the second person of the Trinity. All of the miracles Jesus did uh, because he submitted himself to a man. Every miracle he did, he did through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit or Christ. Now, Christ is not a last name. It wasn't Mary Christ and Joseph Christ with their son, Jesus Christ. Christ means the Messiah or the anointed one. So everything Jesus did, he did through the power of the third person of the Trinity. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he later said to us, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works. Because I go to the Father and he says, I will send him to you, the Holy Spirit. Uh, It's where Paul said, don't you know that you are temples of the Holy Spirit? So bear with me for a minute on this. Uh, It says, and this is just, uh, I love this, going through the exegesis of this. Or going through the scripture, interpreting scripture. Because who John saw on that day when he turned to see the voice and his hair white as wool. Uh, In the book of Daniel, it has the same description, and he's called the Ancient of Days. Mm. I love the term for Jesus, the Ancient of Days, because the the word literally translates, and it's found in Daniel chapter 7, uh, verse 9, I think. But it says, when he's the Ancient of Days, it's he who is older than days. In other words, it's John 1, 1 again, in the beginning was the word. The word was, whenever the beginning was, was before it. So the reason I want to say that is, uh, he's the ancient of days. It says, and listen to this, uh, John chapter 1, we're going to do a little bit of exegesis for a minute. John chapter 1, verse 18 says, no man has seen the Father at any time. hmm John chapter 5, verse 37 says, no man has even heard his voice. So if no man has seen the Father or no man has ever heard his voice, who did Moses talk to in the burning bush?
0: Yeah, Jesus.
1: Yeah, who was the angel that Jacob fought with and called it the face of God? Yeah. Who was the fourth man in the furnace? Yeah, the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days. Wow. So when no man has seen the father, but it says the son in verse John 118, he has revealed to them. Mm. If we go back into exegesis again, it says, um, John four twenty four 24, that God is spirit. OK, God is spirit. When Thomas, Jesus rose and he said, unless I touch the wounds in his hand, or the wounds in his side, I won't believe. And Jesus said, touch. And then Jesus made a statement, and it's found in Luke 24, 39. But Jesus said, touch my flesh, because Jesus said, spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. So if spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, no man has ever seen the Father because the Father is spirit. Then in the Old Testament, when we see the second person of the Trinity, which was always God as man, uh, as man that was Jesus yeah. but he undressed himself of that became a man and when he ascended back to heaven in the revel- uh, in the resurrection he revested or redressed in that divinity to what he was before and that's why uh, everything about the book of revelation is the resurrection. We're seeing Jesus as the resurrected Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, uh, and we see Him active in the church.
0: That was Paul's entire message. He, Paul the Apostle, when he when he preached and and we read his epistles, he never recounts uh, a, a lot of Jesus's parables. He doesn't go back through a lot of the teachings. He, he talks about he was he was uh died defeated death and resurrected that resurrection life was the hope that the early church preached that was in some ways that was their whole message because even the stuff we read today was still being written yeah it was just he's alive he is alive and he is hope that was that was it that was the message here's hope so, yeah. so when we and that's about-
1: what Paul said. If there wasn't the resurrection, then our faith is in vain. Wow! It's not only it's. He was the first fruit, and because he rose, then we know that we shall rise as well.
0: See, so now, now I've got um, my faith is in the eternal one. My hope in Jesus is not. You know, it's not like there's a ranking, right? Mm. You know father son and then oh yeah the holy spirit it's it's a they're all in one and so now okay so now here's the revelation of jesus christ but there's also like 666 (laughs) right i guess am i gonna you know am i gonna have to get that if i want some bread
1: yeah if you understand um Where it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, who he manifests to the church. The word manifest in Greek literally means through symbols. Okay. Okay. In other words, the book of Revelation is a book of symbols. Mm. And if you understand the symbols, each symbol has its, you find that symbol someplace else in the Bible. I've actually heard it taught at times where, there's 66 books in the Bible, 65 you interpret this way, but the 66th book, the book of Revelation, has its own mystical interpretation and uh, people get into the mystics of it, but it's really all the symbols in Revelation are found somewhere else in the Bible. They all come back, It, it well, because there was one author. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. so. It's all, time you,
0: to, that's fascinating.
1: When you go into this, um, for example, uh, you mentioned the mark of the beast. Yeah. The book of Revelation has five enemies that the church has. It defines five enemies. Okay. The dragon, right. the beast of the earth, the beast of the sea, those that have the mark of the beast, and Babylon, the harlot. There are five enemies that you find in the book of Revelation. Each one attacks the church in a distinct way. Uh With the exception of the dragon, and the dragon is unique in uh, he attacks, you know, directly. uh, That is Satan himself, the the church and the bride. So when you talk about the beast, there's two beasts in the book of Revelation. There's the beast of the earth, the beast of the sea. The sea is the sea of humanity, which talks uh, what comes up out of humanity, governments, Uh, And sometimes in certain places of the world, governments are what attack church. Going to Nero and Rome, going to different places in history where governments rose up against the church.
0: What's happening in China right now?
1: China and other countries. Yeah. The beast of the earth talks about uh, we are made of earth. And the false prophet uh, goes behind him. And there we see false religions. So you've got false religions that attack the church. You've got governments that attack the church. But the mark of the beast is anybody who follows those beasts. Mm. So it says, and it's interesting, you know, if it's on the mark is on their forehead and on their forehand, on the hand. Um, and we've heard for years, that you know, there's going to be a chip that's going to be put on your hand or yeah. a tattoo or something yeah. on your forehead
0: yeah.
1: uh, but go back to the symbolism of it as a man thinks so is he and the actions a man does with his hand so in the book in chapter seven it says the hundred and forty-four thousand, which is another symbol uh have been sealed on their foreheads we don't have 777 on our forehead <laughs> okay in other words through the blood of christ through our salvation we think different than the world thinks. Yeah, I don't know how many times I sit back and I think, I don't know why. How could I have thought what I used to think? Wow. My mind has been renewed. Yeah. And my actions as a Christian have changed. I don't oh, do what I used to do. Oh. So the mark that is on your forehead or on your hand is your actions and your thoughts. And remember, this is a book written from heaven. So what you, what the what a literal translation is there are those who follow the beast, be it false religion or false government, and there is a mark in their actions and their thoughts. Those that, who are following the beast. Yeah, they're marked. They're marked. From yeah, and that, yeah, that's there's also a mark on us right. and it's Yeah, Yeah, it's our actions and our thoughts are different than those actions and thoughts of the world. Yeah, should be. Should be.
0: Yeah. Come on. But but, but the fact is, our thoughts are different. Our thoughts are different. And our actions should should be different. Because our mind, the minute we become a follower of Christ, the minute that amazing incarnation of Christ is in us, I heard I uh, was watching a video of Jack Frost, the author who passed away number of years ago. But watched an old video of his, and he said, uh, "Who wants to get closer to God?" He was teaching some people, and and um, you know, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, "Well, you can't get any closer because he's already been, he's already incarnated in your life as a follower of Christ." Yeah, yeah. So now, what the revelation is, is to help us actually the unveiling, if you will, of our thinking, right? To begin mm. to think like Jesus thought. What was it as you studied this? Because, I mean, obviously you've, you've taught entire semesters, <laughs> just through your chapters, but you started into this 45, 46 years ago, and, and over the years you've had different things that came up, and you went, wow, I didn't see that before, I didn't see that. You know, it's John who's, who said, you know, at the end of his epistle, when he said, hey, to write everything down would take all the ink in the world. Uh, in other words, God is an ever-revealing, self-revealing God. And it's like, however big we think his grace is, it's bigger. However yeah. big we think his love is, it's bigger. But what was it that that really hit you at some point about Jesus? Studying this, reading this, and one day you just go, Wow. Just, it just really impacted you about Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah, it it's unfolding, like you said. Um, you know, I've studied this book for 45, 48 years, and I'm still marveled at it. Still, when I dig into it, like, whoa, I didn't really realize that. that that's pretty cool. Um, little details, little nuggets, bigger nuggets at times, but uh, it's that... Revelation. Remember, revelation uh, doesn't hide. Most people think revelation is a hidden secret. Mm. And where John said, blessed is he who reads this, that's anybody, because when you do see it, and you understand who this Jesus is, seated at the right hand of God the Father, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Uh, We do get the victory. Like People talk about the beast again, but it says uh, that there are those who got the victory over the beast. I'd rather concentrate on that. Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: we have a tendency to, uh, to, to, if you will, go to the, um, the exceptional, uh, the, the wildness of man, there's this beast, and then there's this thing, and there's this <clears> dragon, and, and uh, really what it is, it's, it's the, the Ancient of Days on the white horse, man. That's what yeah. the picture is, right? Because really, it's a book of hope.
1: It's a book of victory. You know, yeah. it, we're so drawn to the mystical that a lot of people look at the symbols and it, they turn to the mystical side of that. Um, and there, I, we've heard it this way, that so many people translate the book of Revelation. They translate it, I want to say mystical, but we can call it symbolic. So they translate it symbolic until they're forced to translate it literal. (laughs) Okay, and I would rather translate it literal until I'm forced to translate it symbolic. Okay, yeah. Okay, Um, there's so much of this that it deals with in symbols. Why symbols? Symbols are universal in application. In other words, they apply to somebody in... John's day, they apply to somebody in my day. It's universal in application. It applies to any culture. You can have the African culture, the European culture, the Latin culture, but the symbols are universal in application, so it applies to the whole world. And it says, you know, these are things he symbolized to us.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, anybody who's ever shopped, purchased something at Ikea knows that symbols work (laughs) cross-culturally.
1: I am one who never stepped foot in that store, by the way. Yeah, but you put some of
0: the stuff together because your wife has set foot in there. Yeah, your um, wife,
1: yeah, together. uh, Yeah,
0: there you go. So the thing is, is all the directions are in symbols. And so now, you know, I get that, Um, you know, as we sort of wrap this up, how would you summate this in a practical application to me you know, uh, like my friend Bob, and he's he's listening to this, driving to work in Flagstaff and running his business. How does this, how do I make this an application in my life?
1: I look at it this way. Um, it's a behind the scenes look at what God is doing. Mm. So you as a TV producer, and you've seen this many times. Um, I remember as a child, I got to visit, I grew up in Los Angeles, and a friend of mine's dad worked at 20th Century Fox Studios, and for, I think it was probably his seventh birthday, he got to take a few of his friends, and I was one of them to go see the studios. And I walked into the studios, and I just wanted to see Lost in Space, you know, that original series. I wanted to see the spaceship, and I wanted to see the robot, and... Um, I remember walking on the set when they were filming it. And all of a sudden, I realized what I saw on TV, there was so much more behind the scenes. Wow. So much more going on. There was people everywhere, not just the three that were on the screen. and, And, you know, there was what you saw wasn't real. So what the book of Revelation does to us is sometimes what we see, it shows us behind the scenes that there are spiritual forces. There are demons. There are angels. And it's God taking the veil away, saying, this is what I am doing. Uh, You know, it's not the beast. It's those who get the victory over the beast. It's not uh, the dragon. It's, he was cast out of heaven, and there was found no more place for him in Revelation 12 in heaven because he was the accuser of the brethren, but now the blood of Christ covers us. So when we take the veil away and we see all that's really happening with the, the spiritual forces behind the scenes, then it's like, oh, okay, we are more than conquerors. I can get the victory. Come on. Uh, And my prayers are really being answered one of my favorite parts of the book of Revelation is chapter 8 where it takes us through the Old Testament priestly sacrifice where he would take the animal sacrifice him and then take the coal and the blood and bring it into the holy place mix the coal with incense and it would go before the holy place and mix it with blood Well, in Revelation 8, you got that whole picture happening with our prayers. Wow. So where do our prayers go? An angel takes him in a veil with the incense that's the prayers of the saints. He mixes it with the coal of the altar. In chapter 5, Jesus was crucified on that altar. His blood was sprinkled in heaven on that altar. So we see the blood of Jesus mixed with our prayers going before God. And then the book of Revelation shows two cups. It's the cup of wrath and the cup of blessing. So as the world fills up the cup of wrath, we fill up the cup of blessing, and there comes a point where God just goes like this and pours blessing over the church, revival, and judges those who oppose the church. So our greatest gift we have is prayer. Wow. If we only knew... What happened when we prayed, we'd pray more. Wow. And this is what we see. It's behind the scenes. What Sometimes we pray and we wonder, where, where did my prayer go? It just hit a brass you know, ceiling.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It doesn't feel like, no, you just keep praying. You're filling your cup.
0: Wow. That's incredible, Robert. I've been talking with Robert Berger, so Dr. Robert Berger, the pastor of uh, Camino de Vida in Lima, Peru. And actually, talking to you live from Lima, Peru, and um, here and myself here in Fort Worth, and and we pray for you guys, Uh, you and Karen, and your uh, children Taylor and Jenna, and their uh, wife and husbands Pedro and uh, Shauna, their children. You guys have faced a tough time, and you're facing it as champions, and we just want to commend you for that, Robert. And karen and just tell you how much we love you and and uh, for the christian men's network uh we thank you for being on the board of the christian men's network you've been a a guiding force within what we're doing all over the world and uh really pray that uh, over the next few months that continued increase in the church growth and that god keeps you deep within the grip of his favor and grace so uh, robert berger thanks for being on uh brave men today which is the podcast and thanks for being on facebook live with us and uh is there is there do you do you have an online thing can we go look at something on this or is are you putting uh, on, in man.
1: spanish if you speak spanish,
0: spanish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're actually doing an online podcast through the book of revelation now but it's all in spanish um punto for anybody that understood that uh but yeah, just wanted to say, Paul, your uh, father was my spiritual father, your dad, Edwin Luis Cole. He was um, dear to us, helped us yeah. increase our world. And uh, you and Judy are dear friends. We're honored to be on the board, but it didn't matter if we were on a board. We just love you guys, yeah. love your friendship, um, and love, we love getting to do what we get to do. Yeah which is make a difference in Peru. Yeah, and you are.
0: All right, I'm going to say goodbye to all my Facebook friends. And uh, somehow, I'm not sure. Oh, here it is. I found a button. So I love you guys. God bless.
1: You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.man.